Is it possible that COVID is spreading within your school, Art, and, and you just don't even know about it? Um, that's, it's, first, that's an assumption that we start with. So to do this well, you must assume that everyone in your school system or in your building has COVID. When they're not teaching, you know, they're supervising while they're tutoring and building relationships with kids. Um, and it just, it, it spreads everyone uh, really wide and really thin. But I think, I think what Dr. McCoy is proving as well, there's a way to do this safely. Anxiety is your friend because it tells you and your body of when to slow down, when to take mental breaks, when to take spiritual breaks to replenish your soul. We are souls first and staff second. We're souls first and students second. Learning doesn't just happen in the classroom. It also happens in the hallways and in social interactions with teachers and fellow students. And that's why educators like Art McCoy of the Jennings School District and Jonathan Butterfield of Lutheran High School South feel it's critical for students to be in school. And they're finding ways to make it work even in a pandemic. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Hi, I'm Alex Hoyer, executive producer for St. Louis on the Air. Before today's episode, I want to take a moment to say thank you for listening and choosing this podcast. Our team works hard to provide nuance on the news that shapes your life and your community. We wouldn't be able to do this without your support. The money you give to St. Louis Public Radio helps fund this podcast. So please go to stlpr.org donate and give an amount that works for you. Your contribution, along with that of your neighbors, is what fuels St. Louis on the air. We're really grateful. And again, that website is stlpr.org donate. And thanks. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Many St. Louis area high school students haven't been back in the classroom since everything shut down last March. That's more than seven months without the kind of engagement you can only get face to face, much less the socialization that comes along with it. And we're not alone in wondering if the kids are all right. In answer to that question, Jennings School Superintendent Art McCoy connected us with a local student named Kamisha Joy. She's a high school senior, and she has been speaking to local officials about the needs of teenagers and children during this pandemic, as well as the needs of her community when it comes to curbing violence and unrest. Kamisha attends Jennings Educational Training School in West Florissant. This semester, she's been attending school three days a week as part of the Missouri Option Program that allows her one-on-one learning with a teacher. And she spoke yesterday with St. Louis on the Air producer Emily Woodbury. Emily started by asking Kamisha what she misses most about pre-pandemic life. I want to say school because when, before everything you know, closed down. We did have, I did have like a couple more kids in my class and we'll do more than we was doing, that we're doing now. It's just, you know, me and another student in our class. So it's really been like, but that's, I guess that's good on focusing more because doing with everything, if I wasn't at school and at home, just on the computer, I feel like it would be more difficult. I know a lot of people that's doing virtual learning, and by the looks of it, they want to be in school just as much as I did. Really? What are you, what are you hearing yeah. from them about it? 
um, that it's really harder because you don't have like the in-person hands-on learning that, that you would have if you were, you know, in a building. Some, some kids learn better at home, you know, but some kids, they just like me or would rather be in school more focused on the work, not being distracted at home by everything else that could distract you. Now, Kamisha has been speaking out lately about a recent family tragedy. Last month, her 14-year-old brother, Harry Lennon Jr., died in an accident. He was suspected of stealing a car from a dealership. Then he crashed it into a drainage canal in Edwardsville. An officer who saw the crash jumped into the water to try to save him. A dive team later recovered Harry's body. Now, in conversation with our producer, Kamisha suggested that being stuck at home played a part in her brother's state of mind as he took actions that ultimately led to his death. I would say that he was at home bored most of the time because, you know, with the um, virtual learning, you don't really have to jump up in the morning and just get right on the computer. You can sleep all morning and do your work in the afternoon. You can wake up in the morning, do your work, and then, you know, do something later. It was really like he was bored, not doing anything, like not being productive, wanting to, you know, have somebody to look up to. So, How do you remember your brother? Is there anything you'd like to share about his life? He was very outgoing. He was very inspirational, like, he did have little cousins that looked up to him, and he was always the life of the party. He made a good situation out of anything. Like, he was always, he, he would always say he didn't need any friends because he had his sisters. Like, I loved it. Well, Kamisha, again, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like people to know about your experience, of the experience of your peers? I would really say get active. Get out here and start enjoying life because there's really not much in the streets. There's there's nothing in the streets. There's going to just lead you to places, dead or in jail, and who wants that? There's a lot of people that out here that even if you don't think people care about you, there's somebody out here that care about your well-being. So I would say really get into something productive, get your mind off the wrong stuff, and prepare for your future. That's what I would say to others. That's Kamisha Joy, a senior at Jennings Educational Training School, and she says what brings her joy right now is focusing on graduating high school in the spring, and we wish her the best of luck. Kamisha Joy is unusual in that her school district, Jennings, does offer in-person learning. It's one of only a handful of public schools providing that option in St. Louis County. And joining us now to discuss what that looks like in the midst of this pandemic is the superintendent of the Jennings School District. Uh, Art McCoy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. And we're also joined today by Jonathan Butterfield. He's the principal of Lutheran High School South in Afton, and it opened for five days a week instruction in August. Uh, So, Jonathan, welcome back. Thank you very much. So, Jonathan, you were a guest on this show in August right as you were about to reopen for in-person instruction, and you acknowledged it was potentially scary, but you felt it was important to provide that in-person instruction. So two months later, how is it going at your school? 
<laughs> it's going really well. Uh, we're now in our 11th week of school. Uh, we've had zero cases of community spread. Uh, now we've had six of our students and, and no faculty members this school year who have tested positive and plenty of kids quarantined due to exposure to family members or friends. Uh, so we know the virus is real, um, but we've learned that there's a way to do school and life uh, safely. So it's been a disruptor. There have been some, some complications you've definitely had to deal with, and I know we'll talk about that in a minute. But when you say no cases of community spread, there hasn't been anybody who's caught it from school that, that you can tell. Absolutely. All six cases have been brought from from family or from other outside gatherings. And, you know, and then those students go back home and have to quarantine. But we're thankful uh, that that they haven't spread it to any other students. Hmm. Well, Art McCoy, the Jennings School District has has been open even longer for in-person instruction. Have you had any COVID-19 cases among your students? We've had zero cases of COVID-19 among students since being opened from April 2020 for first responders, families of first responders, and July for in-person summer school, uh, and then, of course, in August for the start of the full school year. Zero cases of, of covid and even among our 400 staff members, uh, there's only been seven cases, none of which were school uh, contractions. Uh, there was one co-teacher that got it from a teacher who got it from outside of school, uh, but that was, again, through personal associations and doing a lunch together with that person. Um, the protocols are effective, and you are able to do schooling during COVID and remain safe. So when we shared some of this news saying we were going to talk to you guys today, we did hear some skepticism from some of our listeners. They're saying, well, they don't know that they have cases. Um, it, it has been hard sometimes for people to get tests. Is it possible that COVID is spreading within your school, Art, and, and you just don't even know about it? Um, that's it's first. That's an assumption that we start with. So to do this well, you must assume that everyone in your school system or in your building has COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's the grounding assumption that you must have so that you can live with COVID and follow the protocols of being at least six feet away, wearing a mask, washing your hands five times a day, uh, and more, having your PPE, your uh, your 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 other borders and boundaries and so forth. But the second thing is this: we do know who has it and who doesn't have it in our system because we have rapid testing that we've been doing for the past three months uh, that give you results back in three hours. And so we helped to write some legislation for that through the up-and-coming pending HEROES Act. Uh, It's now being dispersed throughout the state of Missouri in the up-and-coming weeks. And so we're able to rapidly know whether someone has it or not based off of any symptoms. Hmm. Now, I know the state is beginning to roll out um, that program in even more places. Jonathan, is that something your staff has been able to avail themselves of, of as yet? We have not yet, no. But anybody who has have, uh, had to find a test has not had a problem thus far in our community. Okay, so people are getting tested regularly, and, and they're seeing they that they're doing well. Yep, they are. It's interesting. You know, Jonathan, when we last had you on, this was all the way back in August, um, we heard from some listeners through our Facebook and, and Twitter, and they said, hey, um, you know, we're going to love to see you cover this again after they fail. <laughs> Do you get the sense there's maybe some people who want to say that this is impossible and, and just kind of throw their hands in the air? You know, we heard some of that, certainly in the fall, but I think I think what Dr. McCoy is proving as well, there's a way to do this safely, and it's not easy. Um, it's not what any of us want, um, but as we just heard uh, in the opener, it is it is just so critical that our kids get back in the classroom. You know, what, what we have reaffirmed, what we already knew um, about the primacy of face-to-face teaching and learning uh, is true. Um, you know, virtual learning can be extremely difficult for teenagers, but it's so critical to get the kids back in the classroom. 
classroom. So, Art, you've really led the way in, in trying to proselytize on this, telling people that this is possible to do and that you're going to prove it. Why is having kids in school so important to you? Okay, so three real reasons. Uh, first, as a public school educator, we're paid by tax dollars, and I believe that the uh, staff and students uh, really they deserve our staff deserve to be and should be public servants. People talk about being servant leaders, but uh, if you're on taxpayer dollars and your community needs you, then you need to figure out a way to serve the public. Uh, that's what we're getting taxpayer dollars for. Number two, as educators, we often tired about being lifelong learners. We tell our students to be lifelong learners. Well, we became uh, contact tracers, and uh, I did it first in May, the first superintendent in the state of Missouri, and then I encouraged my friends about 300 others, and then about a fourth of our staff, so 125 staff are certified contact tracers from Johns Hopkins. Um, and that's made, making sure that we're competent enough to do it well. So first, we have a commitment to our community as public servants. We're competent enough to do it. And then lastly, uh, people say that education is a civil right. Well, we can't uh, and we shouldn't take that civil right away from somebody. I know factually it's a state statutory right more so than a civil right, and that's how people do take that right away. But I believe in giving the power to the people, and if they don't want to be here, then don't come, and that's what I told them. But if you need us, then we're here for you and come, and that's why we have 75% of our students coming. So you guys are having such remarkable success, and, and I know it hasn't been easy. You guys are working really hard to make this happen, but in light of the fact that you've been able to demonstrate this works, and this works even in a school district that, that frankly is not super affluent, why do you think so many of your peers are still closed? Three C's. Again, uh, first, it's being confident that you can do it. A lot of people uh, are not confident in their own ability to do it. Uh, secondly, it is being competent, so becoming uh, more educated about the virus, more educated about how to mitigate it, and being contact tracers, that's important. We hosted the the, uh, the summit with the governor here and urging uh, educators to do so. We are competent. And then lastly, community learning and community leading. Uh, some people lead from behind. Some people are out front leading, and we are out front learning and then out front leading, uh, and others are then taking notes from us. The fact is, everybody's got to start at some point, and it's going to be a new world for everybody who begins to educate during COVID. So the sooner you start, the further ahead you'll be. The later you start, the further behind you'll be. So people are just now realizing that there's been some opposition among having the collaboration among staff, uh, staff who trust some administrators and so forth. Uh, and so people are working through those relationships. And the last C is calibration. Uh, I think that people are getting the information and then calibrating their understanding and their reality so that they can do a little bit more uh, but still keep safe. So uh, we're trying to show people it's possible to calibrate your system to have students in school to high degrees and not have COVID for staff or students. We're talking today to Art McCoy. He's the superintendent of the Jennings School District, and they have been back now for months um, and are making it work. We're also joined today by Jonathan Butterfield. He's the principal of Lutheran High School South in Afton. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back. 
My guests today are two school administrators who are both educating high school students. They're doing it in person in the middle of this pandemic, and that's even as most of their counterparts in St. Louis County remain virtual only. Uh, my first guest is Art McCoy. He's the superintendent of the Jennings School District, which first reopened for summer school long before everybody else. Uh, my second guest is Jonathan Butterfield. He's the principal of Lutheran High School South in Afton, and they opened up this fall at, at roughly the usual time. They've been open now for 11 weeks and, and doing great. Jonathan, as we mentioned, this hasn't been easy. What has been the biggest challenge for your school during all of this? Um, you know, our, our teachers are just working tirelessly. Um, you know, they're incredible. So to make this work, we're offering every class uh, live streamed every day. And so our teachers are teaching, you know, three-fourths of their kids in the classroom and a quarter of their kids who are on their computer every class period every day. And, you know, teaching is about building relationships and to build relationships in that kind of environment, you know, is just extremely difficult. Um, you know, if they thought they had a little time to use the restroom in the past, you know, that time is squeezed even tighter now because when they're not teaching, you know, they're supervising while they're tutoring and building relationships with kids. Um, and it just, it, it spreads everyone uh, really wide and really thin. Um, you know, we do lunch on campus. There are some schools who are only partial days because they can't serve lunch. And, and we serve lunch and we do that by opening up our entire facility and our kids spread out and go everywhere they can. And we spread out our adults and supervise and we just make it work and so people are tired people are tired but it is so worth it it sounds frankly really hard are you worried about burnout for these teachers you know i am but i keep reminding them of the why behind what we do you know what we do is so critical we prepare 98 percent of our kids to go to college uh, you know a couple of the military one to the workforce but beyond that, we're preparing kids for, for careers and to be husbands and wives and mothers and fathers. And then for us, beyond that, there's eternal life. And so we know what we do is so important. Uh, we just have to do it in person. So, Art McCoy, that, that question of the burnout for teachers, how is your staff being able to handle some of these challenges? You also have them contact tracing. I mean, they're, they're taking on a lot right here. They are. Uh, I agree. Our staff, our teachers, our principals, uh, administrators, they are uh, they are warriors and they are wonderful and they are wonder kind uh, because they, cl- they truly have shown that they are essential to the community's success. Uh, and so, you know, we have been trying to manage the trauma. We have two therapists for our staff for, as secondary trauma recipients, uh, you know, helping others to navigate through their own home and personal trauma. So, so the therapy has been wonderful to have. Uh, a wellness-centered approach and approach based off of the well-being of our staff and our students and our parents. We have two grocery stores that we own and operate uh, where parents have gotten over 6 million pounds of food since uh, July, and our students run it with our staff, uh, helping our students to give the food away. We have two uh, health-based clinics that we own and operate and run for all immunizations and medical support, not only for students but also for adults and having our parents and our staff to see uh, real physicians like Dr. Sarah Garwood from uh, WashU and Dr. Joan Luby from WashU and so forth. We have two homeless shelters that we use, and so basically uh, that we help to, you know, have our kids. So the issue is uh, really the tiredness and the fatigue is in, in this soundbite. Teachers and staff feel April tired in August. They feel mm-hmm. as tired as they normally were, were and would have been in April of the school year in August, the mm. first month of school. And, and that is a heavy weight. So you need to attack the anxiety from a trauma-informed approach. Anxiety is your friend because it tells you and your body of when to slow down, when to take mental breaks, when to take spiritual breaks to replenish your soul. We are souls first 
and staff second. We're souls first and students second. So we need to understand what our soul and our spirit is saying and then speak to it, have an emotional toolkit, and then refill your bucket because you can't lead on empty. That's the type of leadership that's needed. That's the type of leader I've I've tried to be with our staff, and ultimately that our principals are being, and ultimately it helps the community be whole. Uh, we've had 100% graduation for the past four years and 100% college placement and career placement, um, and our first kid with a full ride to Harvard and a 36 on the math and the ACT 35. Wow, that uh, is impressive being, right there. Yeah, So, but it can be done, but the point is you got to be holistically in your approach or holistic in your approach. Well, thinking about all these things you are doing, I had no idea you guys were running a grocery store and, and a homeless shelter. I mean, it's incredible. What, what your school district is up to. It's sad to think that, that you guys have also had to take on this role of contact tracing when I, that strikes me as something the health department should be doing. Is it something where you felt what they were doing was inadequate? Why, why did you have to bring that function in-house? Well, there's three things. Uh, one is, I, as a chief educator, I never want to just be told what to do. And I feel like if a school system said we can't stay open, then you deferred your expertise to someone else, be it the health department, the county executive, or, or the mayor, or whatever. So I became a contact tracer and told others so that you can know at least as much as a health official does on this topic. And so I had to be the chief learner. Uh, and, I, and I've had doctors say to me, you need to join our staff, uh, Dr. Jason Newland, Dr. Uh, Luby, Dr. Dr. Scarwood, uh, because I've really immerse myself in the, in the clinical research, the studies, the, 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 the trials, the placebos, the companies that's doing it, and I'm on the board of BJC Children's Hospital, so I have a little bit of inside knowledge and try to model after what they did with their uh, with their physicians during COVID to continue to serve people who had COVID. But the point is, we must be the bosses of our organizations and hmm. not defer only to others so that you can make an informed, independent decision, not a compliant, reliant decision upon anyone else. And so that that's why come hell or high water, we were not going to close our schools because we ultimately feel like we're the best ones in, in this position to make the decision. And legally, we are local parentes, meaning in place of parents. So just like a parent is in the best position to make the decision of whether to send their child to school, I have to be the chief and the best decision maker to whether we can do it or not safely and well, uh, and if it's what's best, if we made that decision. So I was adamant. So I'm a partner with the healthcare uh, organization, health community, uh, and, and we're partners together. And so I told them, you, you can rely on me being a community educator and my staff and team of leaders, too. I even had three board members get certified. Uh, <laughs> wow. So that's how committed we are. Three of my board of education members who are not educators are certified contact tracers because they said, if it's good for our leadership, it's good for us, and we want to know, knowledge is power. And so now that you're empowered, now you have to engage. So enlighten yourself, empower yourself, and then engage in making a difference in your community. That's what we have to do right now. Jonathan, I know you're coming at this from from a slightly different perspective in that uh, you're a private school, but does what uh, what Art McCoy say there is that something that resonates for you as well? Absolutely. Yeah, the health the health uh, the county health has been great and they've they're a partner with us in contact tracing and they've they've been very supportive. Um, but you know, we're a totally different environment. We're 430 kids and so contact tracing's a bit easier for us at our school. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I did want to ask you about is I've heard from from friends who are teachers um, in other districts, places that haven't opened yet. They're saying there's no way we're going to be able to get kids to be compliant with mask wearing. What has your experience been with that, Jonathan? At, at Lutheran High School South? 
they've been incredible. You know, they know if they're going to continue to be in person, they have to follow uh, the procedures that, that are seemingly contradictory to what feels normal, right? I mean, we can't high five or hug and we can't sit close to each other. We have to wear a mask and, you know, especially around when we're eating lunch, uh, we have to be especially careful. Uh, but our kids have been extremely compliant and, and I'm not going to kid you, of course, they're teenagers and there have been kids who, who, you know, choose to push the rules a little bit, but they simply just have to go home and learn online for a day or two and then come back and, and follow the rules. But, so that's um, almost the, the punishment you're offering a little bit is, hey, you're, you're not welcome on sure. this campus. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how it's working for us. Yep. And yep. so is that a powerful incentive? You mentioned that, that they're complying with these rules because they want the school to be able to stay open. Is, is that a, a motivating force for these students? Uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. The kids want to be, you know, high school is so much more than just the academics as well. The overall high school experience is, is something you can't get online, right? We, we did the teaching and learning process wonderfully well in the spring, but, you know, you miss out on so much when you're not on campus. And so our kids, you know, we, we did a homecoming. We did a, we did a dance. Uh, we're, we're doing our, our kickball leagues. We're doing all of our sports. You know, we're doing everything and more than we've ever done, and we're doing it safely. But you can't get that kind of stuff on a computer. I uh... I, I have to ask, how were you able to pull off a homecoming? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous, but uh, our kids planned it well. Uh, we had a uh, sort of a line dance instead of a, a traditional dance, and we had dinner. We had yard games, fire pits, and, you know, we're a month out now without any cases from that. So I think that we pulled it off successfully. But, you know, wow. our, to have a, a, a traditional high school experience that's going to be a lifelong memory was, was really important for our kids. Our, Jonathan was talking about how the kids feel motivated because they want to keep the school open. Do you have that same sense with the students at Jennings? For sure, 100%. I first must admit, uh, I want to say something. Uh, it's not an admission, but it's a clarification of a possible fallacy because I know you have a very educated audience. You heard from uh, Kamisha, one of my students, about how her brother uh, passed away from doing some poor activities and then, and then ultimately drowned from a car. Mm-hmm. Her brother uh, is not a student of Jennings School District and attended another school district that was all virtual. So the greatest motivation for our students is the life ep- epidemics that they face, the possibility of being shot and the possibility of someone dying from a car accident possibility of something bad happening to them, them being homeless, something bad happening, being abused, as abuse rates are up across the nation, sex abuse, drug abuse, uh, child abuse, and and more. Uh, Neglect is up so that people who have to work neglect their young children and leave them. So we've had pre-K through 12th grade in school since the beginning, since the summer, uh, for that reason. And five days a week for our pre-K through fourth grade. Uh, and even a four-year-old wears their mask uh, 90% of the time. And, and so the spectrum is this. Uh, the students do it because the epidemics are just as powerful, if not more powerful, than the pandemic of COVID-19. Also, they love connection. They had anxiety, uh, they had withdrawals, they had depression when they were not able to go out and being forced to be in their room for the most part and not communicate, collaborate, and actually uh, celebrate with their peers. Some people do do okay virtually uh, because those individuals sometimes are introvert and sometimes those individuals really uh, have some, some issues of not wanting to step out. And we've given an option to students who are in a situation where they can learn better without distractions virtually or learn better that way. But that's their choice. And again, we are here for those who wish to be here. And that's 75 to 100% of our kids are like, yeah, we'd rather choose to come. Some parents are not ready yet. And so, you know, students have emailed me, the superintendent, to say, hey, I'm ready. Can I come? Months ago. And the parent is like, oh, I'm just not sure. And we're like, okay, come for after school tutoring and so forth. But there's a spectrum.
of compliance is one thing, reliance is another thing, and defiance is another thing. We have not seen any defiance to the protocols. We saw great reliance on us as a system to help families who need to work or who need food or who need more support, emotional support and educational support. And of course, we have compliance, but also there's a, there's a lot of appliances, you know, PPE uh, that we give people and services like all of our extra wraparound support. So, mm-hmm. so with all of that, there's a lot of support and togetherness within our community at this time. Well, it's yes. just, it's, uh, sorry, go ahead, Jonathan. Sarah, can I comment on the mental health part? Yes, I think that, this is important to great. say, too. Yeah. Um, you know, when we returned to in-person learning, what we learned is that the mental health needs of our kids were way more severe than we anticipated. Uh, and I'm afraid that many schools are overlooking that. But I'm, I'm related to report that every one of the kids we're working with reported being a much more healthy place within a few weeks of being in school in person. And parents report to me that they're thankful to have their kids back, right? The stress, anxiety, depression are real issues for young people. And, and during this pandemic, they're even heightened. Mm-hmm. Well, in our last minute here, I mean, you guys have both made a great case of, of how you're pulling this off, and it, it's so great to hear. Um, but we are in a place where the area is seeing a surge, and the surge is happening across the country. Um, are you worried that things are just going to get harder as outside your walls things are getting worse? Uh, Jonathan, what, what are your fears here? Yeah, we have to, we can control what we can control, you know, and we send messages to our families to say, please be smart. Please don't have the sleepovers. Please don't have the big gatherings. Halloween is a, could be an issue. Thanksgiving could be an issue. And so we know that we can control what happens in and around our school community, but, but our, our kids and our families have to be on the same page with us and just be smart in the choices that they're making. So people need to stay vigilant now more than ever. Absolutely. Well, Lutheran High School South Principal Jonathan Butterfield, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And Jennings Superintendent Art McCoy, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.